out there on your own. You, the enemy attacks at, at will, and he does what he wants to, and he has us where he wants us. But listen, when we know that our strong tower is Jesus Christ, then we have faith, we have hope, we have trust, and we know that we're protected. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 91. I know Basil Aluda mentioned this in his prayer this morning, but I want us to look at Psalm 91 this morning. and Because it's kind of weird, but the title of the sermon is, Where Do You Live?, and this is really what this, this psalm is talking about. Now, there's not really a defined author here. A lot of people think, well, King David wrote it, and he possibly could. And many people think Moses wrote it just because of the style of the writing. But So there's not a psalmist uh, name per se. So that's, that's kind of cool that this one of the most famous psalms is like unnamed because we know who the real author is of this psalm. It's God himself. And he writes this. And at the end of this psalm, it's so cool because he begins to speak. Not just through the psalm, but he begins to speak directly to us. So here, here's the deal. Where, where do you live? And a lot of people, well, I, I live on 1510 Shafter Street. And you may tell me your house that you live in or the apartment you live in. Or you may say, well, Pastor, I live under the bridge because we have people that come to this church that live under bridges. That's, and they may say, I don't have a dwelling place. I don't have a place that I can call home. But here the, the deal is, it's kind of like, it's kinda like uh, there, there was a great theologian, and he was a, a Roman author. And, and I never did know who they attributed this, this to, but his name was Pliny the Elder. I guess that's why I didn't know, because it was named, his name was Pliny. If you name your kid Pliny, I don't know. But he says this, way back in 100 years after Christ, he said, home is where the heart is. Say that, home is where the heart is. You see, we can talk about a physical dwelling, and a physical dwelling is nice. It's nice to have a structure over our heads at night when we go to bed. It's nice to have security systems if you have a security system in your home. It's nice for some of you, you know, I know you weaponize. I mean, you got, you got your weapons and you're ready, you're secure. But listen, we're not going to talk, we're not talking about our physical dwelling here this morning. When we talk about Psalm 91, we talk about 911 and what happened 15 years ago today. We're not talking about anything that can be, that we can be safe with except through the, our, our abode, our dwelling in Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. That's the only safe place we can be. So when we look at Psalm 91, listen, after the tragedy struck, the church is filled up. Y'all remember that? Everybody, oh, we need to go back to church. God must be mad at us. Or these are only hope. And, and a lot of people went because they thought, well, our, our country is in turmoil. We need to get back to where we need to get back to. But you know, that only lasted so long. It only lasted so long because when the tragedy kind of wears off for a lot of people, they just get back to life as normal, life as usual, right? But we do the same things. When, when things are going good, we don't abide as much as when we're in tr- when trouble, like when we were singing, it is well, uh, it is well with my soul. And we make this declaration that, you know, no matter what the turmoil is, or no matter what's going on in our life, if we are abiding in him, if we have run into the strong tower, if we are abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, listen, he gives us some promises. He gives us some protection promises. And a lot of times we look at this and go, well, I I guess that applies to a lot of people. It just doesn't apply to me. Listen, it applies to you if, if you abide with him. The first verse says, he who dwells, he who dwells, that word dwells means remains in, abides in. He who dwells in the where? The secret place. See, a lot of people, that they zoom right past these scriptures and they go, well, we abide in the secret place. Well, what in the world is the secret place? We'll talk about that. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will save the Lord. This is a declaration. 
He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. See, a lot of people, they can't say that this morning. They, they get up this morning. They say, my job is who I put my trust in because I make enough money to buy this dwelling place that covers my head. My, my position in life is my dwell is who I, who I trust. Who I, and see, if you're making declarations that about I, 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 without it being in him, then you miss the boat. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. And so if we're going to dwell in that place, the secret place of Elion or the most high, let's talk about what the secret place is. Did you know Jesus talked about the secret place? Look at Matthew chapter six, verse six. He talked about the secret place. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is where? In the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There is, there's a, a secret place is our abiding in Christ, our, our abiding in him. The Bible says we are in him and he is in us. Psalm 27, 5 says this, For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Have you ever prayed a hiding prayer? Listen, a lot of people don't know about hiding prayers, but the Bible says we can go into the secret place and we're hidden. How many of you know that we need to be hidden? The enemy is all out there. It says he goes, he goes to and fro about the earth, seeking whom he may devour. Guess who he's going to go and devour first? The people that he can see, the people that he can that he knows are not abiding with Christ because his job is to tear Christians down. He doesn't mess with sinners because he doesn't mess with lost people because lost people are already lost people. He goes after believers. So we need to take these these scriptures, these promises of getting into the secret place and say, God, hide me here. I want to abide with you. I want to dwell with you. It, it, it can be anywhere, guys. It's not. It, it can be in your prayer room. It can be in your prayer closet, closet like the war room. It can be when you're going down the highway. It can be when you're feeding your children breakfast. It can be any time of the day, night, any time we can enter into the secret place. He wants us to live there. That's where, that, listen, if home is where the heart is, and we need to know that, listen, like, there's no place like home. Like Dorothy said, no place like home. There is no place like dwelling in Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, guess what? you got to get pretty close to somebody to get into the shadow. A lot of conditions here. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he's speaking, the Lord there is Yahweh. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Man, there is so much packed into these verses, church. Where do you live this morning? Jesus spoke to some people. They were asking about, uh, about how we, they build their house. And Matthew 7, 24 says this, because what they're talking about, they were talking about a physical place. But he says this, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Say, does them. See, when you're abiding, you're obedient. Y'all should write that down. When you're abiding, you're obedient. Y'all understand that? If you're abiding in the secret place and he says, do this, then you do it. You, you really want the promises of God? Do you want the blessings of God? Wow, some of you do. I don't care. Do you want the blessings of God? Or would you prefer the curses? No. We all want to walk in the blessings. But if we're going to walk in the blessings, he said, listen, you need to abide when they get into the secret place. 
Therefore, who hears the ever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house where, on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Let me ask you a question: Did the rains come anyway? Did the wind come? Did, did the strong winds come? Did it beat on the house? Yes, it did. Listen, we are not exempt from the, the storms of life. A lot of people, well, you just get saved and everything will be great in your life. And that's not true. I mean, you're going to have God to walk with you through them, but uh, the storms are going to keep coming. And all the time as we grow in our faith, as we learn to, to get into the secret place, the more we understand how to do that, the less and less the winds and the storms of life will affect you. I promise you that. You know Why? Because you'll see God's faithful. You'll see his faithfulness time after time. How many of you have seen God to be faithful in your lives? Even through the storms, even through the tribulations, even through death, even through sickness, you've seen God to be faithful. Because he can't be anything else, he's faithful. Even when we are not. I like that. But everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them. Will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and bit on the house and it fell and great was its fall. And listen, I, be- I believe once you come to the kingdom of God, God, you're protected. God loves you. He's, he's there for you. But I believe you can run in and out from under his shadow. I, I do. I believe, you can, I believe you can abide with him or you can choose not to abide with him. I believe that's the human makeup that we have that we deal with that is the progression of a Christian life. I, I believe that the closer, the more we look, uh, the more we go after him, the more we obey him, the more we stay with him, the less these calamities can happen in our life because we're protected. I think when we come out of, un, from under his covering, we're saying, I can do this on my own. And when you say that, church, and I've said it, I can do this, guess what? The enemy goes, really? And God says, really? <laughs> Okay, go for it. If you really want to do this on your own, I will let you. God will, he will let you mess up. God will let you fail. And he will also, he also has Satan on a short leash. And Satan can go and he can do some things to you. And you just pray, God, just keep me from dying. Okay, how many of you have ever walked away from God before? I mean, really walked away from him. Did you suffer some consequences? Because you were not what? Abiding. You were not under the shadow. You were not dwelling in the secret place. Verse 3 says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. Ooh, don't you like that? He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night or the, fl- or the arrow that flies by day. Listen to these promises, church. Nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your right side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Listen, he's saying there is a, there is a fowler. There is somebody out there setting traps for, you, for us. He's called Satan. He's called the enemy, Beelzebub, the, whoever you want to call him, you, his demonic force. He's always trying to trip us up. He's trying to ensnare us like a bird. Anybody, when you were a kid, did you get a cage and put a stick under and put some feet in there and get a little string and tie it to the stick? Prop it up and wait for somebody to come, some little varmint to come in there. Anybody ever do that? I did. And then what do you do? They're just sauntering in like, oh, baby, there's some corn. <laughs> chirp, chirp, chirp. Walk in to get the corn. And you're back there going, oh, he didn't know what he's in for. 
pull the string, click, bah, bird's caught. That's what the enemy wants to do to you. That's what he wants to do to me. He wants to, he wants to ensnare us. That's why we're, one of our prayers is trip the trap, Lord. Give us a heads up when the enemy's trying to do that. But you know how you hear that? Is when you're walking and you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Satan is always looking for, he's always scheming. He always is attacking. He's always trying to crush us. He's always trying to destroy our witness. Listen, if he can get a Christian to fall, and I'm talking fall, 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 boom. Listen, he can destroy your witness, and the, and the world will see that and go, well, if that's a Christian, I don't want to be one. That's what he's after. That's what he wants to do. I don't really care what your environment is. Wherever you're at, the enemy wants to destroy your witness. Simple as, as simple as that. But it says in this scripture, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day. In other words, knowing God, abiding in Christ, listen, perfect love casts out what? All fear. All fear. So when we are abiding in the perfect love of Christ, we should not walk in fear, should we? No matter what's coming, the arrows are coming. The terror is coming. Pestilence is coming. But we have got to come to that place where we're hiding. We're getting into the secret place of the Most High God. And some of you are still going, I don't know how to get into the secret place. How do I get there, Pastor? There's a lot of ways to get to the secret place. But I'll tell you the number one way to get to the secret place, and I'm talking to Christians, it's by prayer. It's just simply prayer. I know, I know that just sounds so simple. It, and it's by his word. If you get in his word, you're getting into the secret place. If you get into, if you kneel before him, if you trust him, if you're saying, God, I just need you. I want to I draw close to you. The Bible says if you draw near to him, guess what he'll do? He'll draw near to you. But he's waiting for us to draw near to him. God doesn't, he doesn't throw out a long, you know, he didn't cast a, a rod and reel with a hook on it and reel us in. Listen, he's waiting for us to draw near to him. Guess why? Guess how? Uh, guess what causes us to draw near to God too many times? Tragedy. Nine one one. Destruction. Tribulation. Death. We need to get back. We need to get back close to God. Families that are in, in disarray. This. If your family's in disarray this morning, you know why? You know I can tell you what it is. You're not dwelling. Your, your house is, you're not dwelling in his house. I promise you that. Maybe one of you is, but listen, mom and dad, you need to be dwelling in the place, in the secret place. It says that he is our shield and our buckler. I, I had to find out what in the world is a buckler. It's not like a buckle, not a cowboy belt, even though some of those are look like a buckler. They're so huge, those, those WWE belts, you know. But a buckler is, is a shield that goes all the way around you. That's why it says the shield and buckler. It's not only just a shield, but it's a shield that comes around you and protects you, protect, protects. <laughs> That's a good word for Texans. It protects you. The shield, the buckler, it comes around you and he protects us and closes in up upon us. And he says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. You know what that means to me? That means God's, God's the way he counts and the way we count is two different ways. When we have God, we have the advantage. You plus God is a majority. God plus me is, in a, is a majority. I love it. What, what was that saying that uh, if only 1%, I mean, if we just want 1% of people to begin to pray. Listen, 1% can do amazing things in the kingdom of God. He doesn't need 100%. 
If he could just get 1% to begin to believe that, that he is good, that he is God, that he is great, that he, is, that he can protect, that he is the king of the universe. If we can, if we can just get 1%. Let me take 12 guys and change the world. wonder what that percentage was. It's probably less than 1%. Verse 9. Because you made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Because. Say just because. You ever use that phrase before? Especially as a kid. Why'd you do that one? Just because. He says, because. Again, this is conditional. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the lion, the young lion and the serpent, and you shall trample them under feet or underfoot. I want to ask you this morning, is it a choice or is it not? Is it a choice for you to abide with him or is it just, is it just um, chance? choice you see a lot of people just go through life and they think well if God's going to do something in my life he'll do it if he's not going to do it he won't do it you know it just really doesn't matter and you know I I pray that his will be done so I don't really have to do anything because he's going to control everything he's going to manipulate everything now I want to tell you this and some people you might not like it I've made this statement many times before but I will say this God is not in control a lot of people go Harold that's 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 heresy or something Listen, God is not in control. God is in charge. If he was in control, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. You know what he did? He gave us control. He said, you make your choices. You choose if you want to abide with me or not. You choose if you want to follow me or not. You choose. And over and over and over and over, as you read through the Old Testament, they chose other gods. They chose pagan gods. They chose idols. They chose Baal. They chose, they chose Asherah poles. They were like, just give us an Asherah pole. Ha-na-na-na-na. You know? They, they would move away. They would walk away from the living God that created them. He would give them a choice after choice after choice. And every time they would choose the other gods, calamity came upon them. And I'm telling you, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Lord and God. He does not change. Listen, if you want to choose to walk and go after other gods, things will happen in your life and they won't be good. That's the word of God. He says, because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Because you do that, he says, I'll do these things. You know what we do, church? We make it hard on ourselves. We just do. It just takes one little quick decision to change everything. It does. I was coming home from Austin yesterday, and, and I left before Mary Lou. I left a few hours before because I needed to get home do some things. And, I mean, I'm not down the highway 360 very far, and I see the lights flashing. I say, man, it's early. And it wasn't even raining there. And I just see the, the EMTs. And I said, and I glance, yeah, you'll kind of glance what, was, what happened here. And I saw the front end of a car just totally just crushed like it was a head-on collision. And I don't know what caused I don't know if somebody decided that moment they would text somebody. And that one decision would change their life forever. Listen, one decision. Just one, one choice, guys. And that's why he says, because you've chosen me, I'm going to protect you. Matter of fact, I'm going to disperse angels. I'm going to send my angels out to cover you. 
I, I looked and looked and looked for this commercial. And man, I got so tired looking for it. And a lot of people said they'd never seen this commercial. I, I thought, saw it a couple of times. I guess it got pulled because it had some kind of religious back tone to it. But it, was a, it was a tire commercial. And it's a, I think it was Goodyear because, that, you know, the wings on the Goodyear. And, and there, was a, there was a car, and he was going through the countryside. Goodyear tires. And the angels, they had four angels, one at each tire. I mean, these angels are flying along with this car. They're just going like, got angels around. How many of you pray for angels to protect you when you travel? Man, I do. <laughs> All of a sudden, this car decided to hit uh, the passing gear and go way past the speed limit. <laughs> and you know what the angels did? <laughs> Left them behind. Ooh. You mean we can leave our angels behind when we decide to be disobedient? I think so. See, God's, he's dispersed these angels and I go protect them. They're abiding with me. I've got this. I mean, cover them. And, and the people that he sent the angels to, no, I've got this. We can do this on our own. If I want to do this, I want to jump off the cliff, I'll jump off the cliff. And the angels go, whoa, <laughs> if you jump off the cliff, they'll let you. God will let you. Listen, he will, make, he will always allow you to make choices. He's that kind of God. And some of our choices don't honor him, church. And it just takes one bad one to make a a huge change in our life, in the lives of other people. And lastly, verse 14, this is, where, this is where it flips. I want to end with this. This is so cool. All this time, they're talking about what God will do, what God will do, God, what God will do if we abide. And then God begins to speak. Because he, or because you, because I, have set his love upon me. Hmm. Because we set our love upon him. When we set our love upon him, that means we desire him. We long for him. We, we want to be in his presence. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. There's another just because. Because I will set him on high. Listen, God lifts us up. Did you know that? When the enemy is here, and we set our love on God up here, and God says we are seated with him in heavenly places, he lifts us up above it. How many of you would like to be above your circumstances this morning? How would, you, how would you like to be above all the tribulation this morning? How would you like to be looking down and going, oh, I see what I missed. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, because it says I've set my love upon you. He says he will lift us up because, we have, because he has known my name. We spoke about that last week, knowing him. He shall call upon, listen to these promises, church. He shall call upon me. This is God speaking. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Can you imagine? Why would God ever honor us? Because you know, who, you know why he honors us? He honors the God in us. He honors the obedience. He honors it when we honor him. He honors us when we honor him. That's almost unfathomable that God would honor us. That word also means glorify. And I'm God, you glorify us. He lifts us up. But you know when he lifts us up, David, it's when we go get down low. The only time the Bible says that he really lifts us up is when we get down low and we humble ourselves in his sight. If you're trying to lift yourself up, you will be the one falling. With long life. Listen, because we've set our love upon him, it says with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. 
Have you set your love upon him this morning? Have you entered into the secret place? As a Christian this morning, are you just a casual acquaintance in the secret place? Or do you just, or do you, do you, are you like the drive through Christian? You're going through the, you want the happy meal. You're, you're in the drive through God, I need something. I'm in trouble. I'm going to abide with you until you can get me my happy meal out here so I can get on with my life. Because that's the way a lot of people treat God. They just want to drive through faith. But you know what he wants, the Bible says? He wants to dine with you. And he wants to sup with you. Matter of fact, he wants to have a, a many, many courses meal with you. I don't know how many courses of meals he wants to have with us. He wants us to sit and dine with him. And here's the, here's the deal. There are so many distractions in this world. The enemy will try to distract us in so many ways, guys, that we almost think, well, it's just impossible, Pastor, to abide with him more than five minutes a day. It's just impossible to get along with him, Pastor. Well, then the enemy just loves it when you make those declarations. Because then he says, okay, if, if you can't abide with me, man, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for you. I want to I have such an, a relationship with you and a fellowship with you that you're going to abide with me. And all these promises are going to be added to you, come true in your life. Would you stand this morning? Just bow your heads. Can we have the ministry team up here today? Jody here. Can you come play for us, Jody? You know, I'll, every time I preach, my passion is to challenge you. It really is to challenge you. Because if you come in here and I tickle your ears a little bit and make you feel good, and you walk out of here unchanged, and it might take another calamity, another trial to come your way for you to draw close to him. Wouldn't you rather do the preemptive strike and be close to him now and avoid all those things? Or at the least, when they do come, you're protected. Wouldn't you rather be protected and be ready? Amen? Would you rather be? That's a question. It requires an answer. Or would you rather wait till the calamity comes so then you can go, Oh, God, help me. Would you rather do that? No. So here's, here's the deal. Just close your eyes. Bow your heads. I'm not going to ask for the hand raising or anything like that. But some of you are battling distractions in your life. And you've allowed those distractions to take over and keep you from the secret place. It could be your job, it could be work, it could be relationships, it could be a lot of, it could be a hundred things that you've allowed to come in and to suck the life out of you. So that even when you try to get to the secret place, there's nothing there to give. 
So this morning, if, if you're struggling in that area, and God's saying, I really want you to come back. I want you to abide with me, dwell with me. I'm going to challenge you this morning to make that commitment in your heart, not, not to anybody else, just to, your, to, your, to God and to yourself. Lord, I am going to quit letting distractions rule my life and keep me from a relationship and fellowship with you. Let's just spend some time thinking about that. I'm not talking about putting a stopwatch on your prayer time or your devotional time. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a dwelling with him and in the sense that every hour, every minute, every day, your his presence is there. You know he's there because you've been abiding with him. You talk to him. You listen to him. When you, when you read his word, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me today. And you allow him to move in your life and in the ebb and flow of your life. And then when situations come, fear is not there. Because, you know, God, you've got this. I trust you. You know, I think about the, the attacks on 911, the terrorist attacks and the, and the buildings coming down. I just think of the enemy wanting to attack believers to destroy us and bring our walls down. And God says, listen, if you will just run into my tower, if you'll abide with me, I will protect you from that. So, Father, this morning, may that commitment be in every heart, my heart, every heart today, that we would run into you. We would run to the strong tower, Jesus. And we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We begin to declare, Lord, you, I, I place my trust in you. Not in man, not in things, not in position, not in prosperity. I place my trust in you because you're the author and the finisher, the completer of my faith. And that with you, Father, I can do anything, but without you, I can do nothing. Bless us to draw close to you today and that this would be the beginning of a lifetime of abiding with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.